You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hey everybody, it is Trying Unicorn here. And this is episode number eight for my podcast, and it is called I Have Always Been This Way. I have always thought about sex all the time. Um, I don't know if that's the exact title, but we're going with that. I don't know about you, but when I meet people in this lifestyle who are new to it, we do technically all kind of share something in common right off the bat. We share that we enjoy talking about sex, that we enjoy seeing sex, that we're okay about ever, ever, like everyone else talking about sex too. And it's like an immediate bond in a way on something that in the vanilla society and vanilla world, which is, which is what I refer to as mainstream society where sex is not out in the open. I just think that I loved it when I found this lifestyle and this community because I found my tribe and I found people who thought about sex too and people who were even pinkier than me people who were even hornier than me you know so it was it was beautiful to discover almost like an island you know amongst the trees or the bushes and I'm like oh my god there is the land I do belong like you know like I've got to say it felt nothing nothing less than that I'm not even exaggerating so what I really like is that I, I feel at home in this lifestyle because I just love sex who doesn't? And I want to walk you through in a long format version what it was like to be me growing up like this because I have always been this way. So first off, I, uh, I've always thought about sex even when I was much younger and like I never even had a phase of time where there was like boys had cuties kind of thing. Like at all times I was like, humana, humana, humana. Like I, I used to have more quick fucking uh, crushes actually on people where I don't now. Now I'm much more guarded in the sense of who I get close to for romantic or sexual involvement. But back then I would like see a guy who like, you know, had a certain haircut and like, you know, wore a certain like his backpack a certain way. And I would just be no, no less than like, you know, getting my panties a little wet. I'm just saying, uh, I have always had crushes on guys and I have always like fantasized about like making out with guys when I was younger and all that. So I was just like, hurry up and get here sex. Like I want to have sex fast. I wanted to lose my virginity early and I, I lost it. I, I, to be honest with you, I have tried so hard over the years to pin down where it was. And I think I do have a video where I talk about that, but I don't remember right now. It's somewhere between 13 and 15 years old. I don't know. Uh, definitely not later than 15. I was, it was much earlier. But I was also the first one of, of my friends to the point where then I got, they asked me in the stairwell, oh, this is so funny. I remember this. I remember that when I was in junior high school, my friends asked me in the stairwell if I could show them how to give a blowjob. And I did. I think I had someone's banana. Like it wasn't, I, I didn't peel it. I used the normal banana. And I would show them. And it was funny because fast forward how many fucking years... And I'm still being the girl being like, and this is how you do the blowjob. Like, you know, mind fucked, mind blown. I've always been this girl. And I love this girl. My sexual freedom, I want you to use as your license 
to have a, a, a slice for yourself. I want you to talk to me on my channel, in my comments, in my on my podcast, with your most raw sexual things. Maybe you've never said them to anyone else. I get that a lot, where people confess things to me about, you know, specifically men who confess things like about wanting to suck like D's and things, and they're like, I don't understand. Like, I don't want to kiss the guy. I just want to suck a dick. And I'm like, hey man, I get it. It's fucking common. So I, I feel like there's already things that like I love hearing from people because I feel like in a way I'm like your confessional. And so in some of these um, episodes, I'm considering doing kind of a confessional, like having people maybe submit even audio clips that I can combine as little confessions. So if you like that idea, I'm going to need feedback. By the way, all of us need feedback, especially in sex. If you don't give us feedback, we are flying blind and there's no way that we get a hole in one every fucking time. So you better teach us how to fuck you well if you want to be fucked well. Ever since I was young, I was giving my friends advice about sex. Ever since I was young. And it's just so funny how I did enjoy it back then too, but like I never expected to do it forever. But I always was the one that people, I guess, felt comfortable coming to. And I think that's something I maybe took for granted for many years because I thought maybe people just went to everybody like that. So I thought people who would say sexual, you know, oh, I, you know, I have this, you know, sexual thing or like, you know, it's been, I thought they talked to everyone like that, but they didn't. They just knew that I was like sexually inclined, um, not sexually promiscuous, even though I, I'm not using that term with any value judgment. I have not been able to be slutty because of a demisexual, lack of a better word, emotional shield. Um, I would love to, 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 you know, one day in therapy figure out why it is that I need to be, you know, warm and cozy with some guy's, you know, brain to, to be able to have attraction. But it's also kind of working for me. Like, I don't, I don't have a lot of sexual regret as an adult. And so... Um, it's kind of working, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to pick it apart. I would rather have no sex than bad sex, or I'd rather have no sex than lukewarm sex. I want passion, you know, I want intimacy, I want connection. Uh, I don't want to feel like a physical hole that someone's, you know, jerking off into, uh, essentially. That's just how I feel. I feel like I, I describe it sometimes like somebody's like an alien, like probing me. Like that would be what it would feel like for me to have sex with a stranger. Um, because of the lack of emotional connection, right? So I digress, but basically I have not always been a demisexual, but I have never been able to be uh, slutty because I can't get it up for just like new people real fast kind of thing. So that's why as a swinger, it's the only time in my life I've ever even considered group sex other than a threesome because I was like, I didn't think it was possible for me. Um, turns out it is. Like I just had a, a hotel party for some of my, you know, seven of my, in total swinger friends or whatever and uh it was fantastic so uh i guess i can dream big ladies and gents dream big i also wrote papers when i went to university i might go back and forth by the way and there is no such linear line with an adhd brain um but in university i wrote papers on porn i wrote papers about certain porn genres and like the implications or like political you know whatever like interpretations of them um, I do have these and I have been keeping them um, on, I have them available that I might be putting them on my website. So these are written by me. Um, oh my God, I don't even want to guess what year. I, I would say 2006. Right now it's 2023. You do the math. But basically that, that's when these papers were written and that was my brain back then. And I can prove who, that I was still drowning to bar back then talking about sex and like looking over the fence of sex and like being so fascinated about, about things. And so 
I have had a long, you know, a long life so far of, of a constant thread of sex, 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 sex. Like, it's just sex. Um, every time I would watch a movie, I would want there to be, like, you know, if there was a good sex scene, I'd want to, like, enjoy the sex scene. When I was, uh, you know, dating guys when I was in my, you know, late teens or whatever, I remember back in those days, you had to go get porn back in a building. You had to open a door and go, and there's sometimes, like, a back room with a curtain that you had to, like, and, like, go behind to, like, look at the naughty, you know? Um, I was the first girl to be like, let's go with my boyfriend. Like, let's get porn. Um... I have always been into porn. <laughs> I just have. Um, yeah. So anyways, I have always had this constant thread of, of loving the sexual energy and things like that. I also went to strip clubs a lot. Now, I'm going to be very crystal clear that in my interpretation, strip clubs where the, mo the goal is financial, uh, ultimately... That is not part of the swinger lifestyle. That's not part of the sex positive lifestyle as I know it. I would never potentially even go back to a strip club unless it was really just for recreational fun because it's very lukewarm in the sense of how rich the sexual experience can be in a community of people who want to have sex for pleasure, not for money or, or for dancing for money, right? I totally respect strippers. I love strippers. But it's one of those things where it's not related to free-flowing sex. It's related to financial exchange. And that is not that's not in the sex positive uh, swinger lifestyle, meaning people in my opinion don't don't swing and then like exchange money or or tip you know like it's just not like that so unless you hire a sex worker of course um which some people should do if they have a specific fantasy and that way they'll actually get it fulfilled uh just saying because sometimes you just gotta you know throw them so throw some money at a problem you know there's more i mean i would take my boyfriends to strip clubs and i would pay as a like an 18 19 year old woman I would pay the strippers to give him lap dances and I would watch and I remember thinking I'm like the coolest girlfriend ever because like no one I knew was ever doing this like you know and I just remember thinking I liked it I liked seeing someone you know grind up on my boyfriend when it was like a safe experience not like when some girls like you know wait until I'm in the bathroom to do so um, but it was like erotic to me so I have always wanted sex in my life and, and enjoyed seeing my partners experiment with other people Having said that, I went to strip clubs thinking that's what that's all there is. You know, it's, it's like a theme song. Is that all there is? Like I, I that's the, that was the limit of sexual peak of how you could live your fucking best life. That's what I thought. And then I discovered the sex sex clubs and all that. And then it's not about money and, and it's more about just humans and all that. And I'm just like, yeah, this is more my style. So I would consider strip clubs to be more vanilla world um, erotic versus swinger. Got, got that kind of thing? Everyone's can be a, a fucking swinger, I'm telling you, everyone. People with very religious backgrounds can be swingers, I've met them. Um, so it just goes to show that it's all walks of life as well. Yeah, so I have always had this interest, this, you know, fascination. You can see if you're watching my YouTube video right now, there's like a glow in my eye that happens when I talk about things I really like. And one of those things is cock worship because I do have a thing for certain cocks that, you know, I tend to almost just get ton of tranced into something. Uh, that is very fun for me. Um, but I also get excited when I talk about, you know, sex and like things like that. So I just think it's really interesting that fast forward all this time, I'm back still talking about sex, but this time I've got a welcoming audience and I did not always.
have a welcoming audience. So the good news is I don't feel ashamed when I talk about sex anymore. In the vanilla world, I used to like push the envelope of how much I could get away with, with like sexual innuendos and things like that. But I'm telling you, sexual innuendos are like, they're only, you can only go so far with those, you know? Eventually you need to be around friends who you can make, you know, vulgar sexual jokes with. Like for me and our, like we always have that exchange where we can just, you know, say really crazy shit to each other. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this has uh, always been something in my life that has been constant. Now, I did not grow up in a family that supported that kind of thinking. I had a religious mother, well, I still have a religious mother, and my dad, who is not here anymore, but he was not religious, but he, he only talked to me about sex like one time in my life, and it was literally on the car ride to the guy's house I was going to lose my virginity to, which I think is so fucking crazy because there was no Google search history to look up back then. This was, I was much younger. There was no fucking internet. So I don't know how my dad did that, but he knew. Um, anyways, um, so I did not grow up being rewarded for this type of thinking either. So I was not so much closeted because I mean, how can you be so, I can't be closeted and flamboyant. You know what I'm saying? I'm more flamboyant than closeted. So I was always myself, but I learned how to tone myself around certain people and things like that. But when I found the lifestyle and I could start to breathe, just like I did right now, see that big breath I took, if you're on YouTube at least, it's just a whole different air that I live in now where sexual innuendos are appreciated. Sexual jokes are, are good. Vulgar sexual, you know, stories are, are exciting and captivating instead of you know, inappropriate and, you know, you're going to go get sent to HR, you know, for, <laughs> at the work. Because I used to tell my co-workers crazy shit, right? Like, I just, I like tell overshare and tell people things that I think that I would be fascinated to learn if it was me, especially if I lived a certain lifestyle. I'd want to look over the fence at, at, at other people's, how they live, just like when people watch, you know, TLC on, on, you know, on TV and they can see like sister wives or like whatever else. It's like you get to see these people live these lives that maybe you personally might not sign up for, but you're fascinated to see how it all goes down, right? I, I also watch some people who, who live poly lifestyles and I want to see how they have breakfast together. I want to see how the looks from on each other's faces when someone says something a little provoking. Like, I'm just like, wow, it's also fascinating. How do these people do it? So I hope that even if you aren't, um, you know, as sex crazed as I am, that you're finding the view of, of my life, um, at least captivating and interesting. So yeah, so I think for me, sex has always been on my mind and I've always, um, this is a true story. Now I have never had a boyfriend who had a higher sex drive than me. Never. And I can go months without sex and not even like, you know, think about it. And then I can have peaks where I need to like literally masturbate 11 times a day. That is an, a serious number. And so I've had those issues where it was like, oh my God, oh my God, like what's happening? Um, so basically I, when I have a sexual partner who's ongoing, my sex drive goes on the upswing, right? And so suddenly I'm like, you know, four times a day would be ideal. Obviously not possible for many men. So maybe twice a day would be great. If not once a day, like, you know, that was a lot for a lot of guys to keep up with. Now, sometimes my sex drive dwindles and I don't need that all the time. So it's not always like that. 
but that was always an issue for my relationship. So sex has been always important to me and, and I didn't always have the same, I didn't always have as much fulfillment in my sex life. Um, because I'm a voyeur now, in addition to having my own sexual play, I get fulfillment on a, a lot of different angles, especially when I go to sex clubs. And so for me, this is, this is fantastic. I get fulfillment without even touching my vagina, you know, like that's fantastic. I've also met some fucking amazing people who think about sex just like I do. And these are the most awesome people, good, good, you know, ethics for the most part, um, just well-rounded people. They have kids, a lot of them, a lot of them get their babysitters when they come to, to, to the club and they are everything from blue collar to white collar to no collar. I don't know. I mean, they're everything. They're, they have all sorts of careers and backgrounds, all sorts of ethnicities cultures and uh you know depending on the city you're in you're going to get a cross-section of that population right so toronto is uh not only you know a multicultural city but it also is a tourist city so you'll always get people from out of town to that clubs as well but there's other clubs you know closer to our mississauga uh, area that may tend to have more of the local population be you know represented so it's just like these are the things that are um club specific i would say but what I will say is that you may not like everybody in this lifestyle, and that's fine. But what I think we all can tip our hats at for each, each other, metaphorically, is the respect for sex. The respect for people liking sex and wanting sex and enjoying sex. And you don't just get that in the vanilla world. So that's why, you know, as soon as I got that, I you know, applied for permanent residency in the swinger sex positive lifestyle, so to speak. I hope I share my some of my essays. If you guys are interested, let me know. I'll put them on my website. I want you to see how my brain worked back then. Um, I was always, you know, fascinated by porn. When I would watch porn with my boyfriends, we would get, I would get so turned on. It would just be the thing that put me right over the edge. So it was like I always experimented with that kind of thing. Now, I, I wanted to have threesomes when I was younger, and I tried, but we never were able to find a woman, um, you know, a, a mystery woman on, on the internet or whatever to, to match with us, and then I was single, so then I joined the lifestyle as a single woman, but I always wanted to, like, I was, I was like, curious. Now, this is a true story. What I'm about to tell you is a true story. I have never in my life pictured my wedding dress. Don't really give a single shit about a wedding day, okay? It's never been something I really, really wanted. It was something I was told to want by Disney and like all of these books that I read about, you know, Prince Charming and all of that, which was just as much of a lie as Santa Claus, by the way. Um, but basically, it really was, uh, you know, culturally conditioned. To finish off the topic of, I have always fucking been this way. I wonder, have you guys always been this way? Have you always thought, if there was something to listen to about sex, would you get it? If there was a movie that had a good sex scene, would you get it just for the sex scene? Because I would have, you know? And I remember looking on YouTube for as much porn as I could get close to because it never occurred to me to go to a porn site. <laughs> Back in the day, I was like, YouTube, show me a nipple, which is very hard to do, right? Um, you know, you could, there's a few because of medical procedures and stuff, but otherwise you're kind of shit out of luck. But uh, I, I just, it's funny how, you know, porn is very accessible right now, um, you know. Anyways, yeah, it's really erotic, and it's also a good way of communication. And I used to, when I was with my boyfriends and I would want to try something, like, for example, face fucking um, or something like that, 
the way I would use uh, porn is, is something I want to share. So I basically would find porn and I would like, you know, of course I had to do my research. So I had to like flip, 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 flip through all of the porn. And I would find some that, you know, was exactly what fit my head, my fantasy. And then I would give him that porn clip and tell him what about it. So sometimes he, you know, you don't want to just send someone a porn clip and say, I want this because they might be like, oh, well, that girl had black nail polish on. So maybe she wants black nail. No, you've got to be specific. So if I say, I want your, I want you to hold my head like that. And I like how you talk to me in this, or the guy talks to her in the video, but I don't care about, about this. And I don't care about this or, or right. So I would be very clear. And then they would send me a porn clip that like maybe they jerked off to that was like, hey, this is what I'm into. And then I, um, we would kind of like meet in the middle. So porn is, is, is a very good tool to be like, hey, I really like this and I want to order this. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure where else to take this, but basically I have always been this way. I have just not always had the license to, to express myself freely. That is the difference. Even on YouTube, which will only get a small cut of this podcast version in total because of, you know, what I'm allowed to say here and stuff. But my podcast is a good place to go and see me uncensored as well as my fan page, which is definitely the creme de la creme of what I have to offer. Um, I don't know why you wouldn't upgrade what you could upgrade at this point. Like, you know, it's like a fleeting thing. I'm not going to be, you know showing my videos on my fan page forever. Um, it's a miracle I did it at all, considering how, how shy and conservative I am specifically about actually showing things like that. So I'm very sexually minded, yes. But I'm actually not a sexual exhibitionist. So I'm a personality exhibitionist. I could sit in a room and crack jokes and whatnot, but I don't necessarily want to have sex in front of people. I do, I'm okay with it, like it can happen. But I don't seek it out. I don't seek to have a crowd. And in fact, a crowd can make me nervous. So it's one of those things where the fact that I have a fan, fan page at all is like shocking. Like shocking. Um, the fact that I put up like anything. So the fact I'm enjoying the ride right now. So if you haven't upgraded yet, I hope you check it out. The link is always going to be available on TorontoUnicorn.com. But um, yeah, so this has been, you know, I've always been this way. And if you've always been this way, Good for you, and I hope that you find comfort knowing there's people out there just like me, just like R, just like Amelia, you know, and others that you've seen on my channel that are just as sex positive and, uh, and non-judgmental as I am. So enjoy the journey, everybody. The second part of this podcast is more in respect of what is it like to have finally found my tribe of people who are also just like me and maybe have always been. This is kind of what it's like to finally be amongst people who don't flinch when you crack a fantastic sexual joke. And I don't know if you can appreciate the relief in that, but I, like somebody like me, I have always kind of been extreme for people. I have always been too, like more sexual than all my friends and I would be the one bringing up jokes or like things like that. Like, not always, right? I hung out with a lot of guys, let's be honest, right? Um, but I think for me, I in, in vanilla world, mainstream society, it really was a toned-down version of what I could really do and say about sex. And I think that's what's so interesting is I could only get away with saying so much to my coworkers, right? Or, or you know, otherwise you're borderline crossing some, some harassment policies at work. So 
it's really, it was hard for me to find an outlet for the things that I even wanted to say about sex. You know, then comes YouTube, then comes, you know, an audience of people who enjoy listening to my stories and stuff. And so that was like super exciting and motivating because it was like I had found my tribe. And so when I say tribe, like it's two things. It's one thing is the people that I see and interact with in this lifestyle who all kind of reassure me that it's the, it's the most perfect, awesome place ever because yeah, there's ups and downs and yeah, there's going to be, you know, you know, ups, there's literally going to be drama where you can avoid it sometimes. And sometimes you get hurt feelings and all of that, but the good intentions are just there. And like, it's, it's ethical and sex is just respected instead of just hush hush and all threatening and all sorts of insecurities wrapped up in it. Like it feels, it feels free. Um, it, as if it's a, a sport or, or an activity like a dancing or, or something like that. It, like it feels as comfortable for us to go and do this as it would be to go and play poker, right? But I don't know about you, but I would love to play uh, poker with some of my sex club friends and, and uh, sex positive friends and see what happens when they really take this shirt off their back, you know? <laughs> That'll be funny. Um, but yeah, so I think it is liberating to have also an audience of people who on my YouTube or my podcast or TikTok or wherever it is that you've engaged with my content. I love that you're here and that you listen because it gives me reason to speak more because it's like, okay, I found my tribe here too. I found people who are like, Hey, I like this chick or like, I like listening to what she has to say. And you are also part of the lifestyle I want to be a part of, which is people who respect sex and people who respect people who respect sex, you know? So, uh, yeah. So in a way it just feels like my heart couldn't be fuller when I'm around people who make me feel normal because I'm a swinger. I love that I'm a swinger. Being a swinger is like my favorite part of my whole fucking life right now. Um, because I love sex and I love that I'm around it. I love that I can go to Oasis Off the Lounge sex club and be around sex whenever I want to essentially, uh, for, you know, sometimes a small fee as a single woman. So it's just one of those things where once you find this lifestyle, you, you don't even look back. Like, it's not like I'm like, Oh, do I miss vanilla world? It's like, it's like you graduate like super Mario to like the next super Mario, like level and you're like well why would I go back right you know I I don't fit there now I've conquered that I've gone to strip clubs I've I've basically you know titillated you know like flirted with sex in every way I could fucking imagine in vanilla society without knowing that this lifestyle actually existed and now that I have found it and now that you have found this this podcast and you're listening to me right now it means that I'm able to tell you about it and that you're able to, whether or not you ever join this lifestyle is up to you, but you know about it. And at least that's my gift to you because I did not know. And I spent a lot of my life feeling, you know, sex craze in vanilla world when I feel incredibly normal in my sex positive lifestyle. So I guess I, I gotta say is I've never felt more normal, even though I think comparatively to somebody in vanilla world, I'm pretty extreme sounding. If I were to meet somebody on the street when I was, I don't know, in my 20s, who had had run gangbangs at a sex club, who wore a fanny pack that said orgy director, 
Um, and you know, if I had run into somebody like that, yes, they would be extreme. But now I'm that girl and I don't feel extreme. I feel pretty normal. And it's just that I'm exploring the things that interest me in sex. That's all. So, and I'm with people who think that's also cool. We all saw my friend squirt. Like we all like laughed about it. Like we were like, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to joke around. We have potluck fucking snacks at the sex club. We bring spinach dips sometimes. We bring uh, pretzels filled with peanut butter. We have brought cookies and these like, um, oh my God, they're like eclair thingies that are like frozen. Oh my God, I'm telling you, we have got this lifestyle to a peak right now. We don't need dinner parties. We bring potlucks to a sex club and we have it in intermission and then we go fuck more. So this is the most perfect lifestyle I ever could have imagined. I have never felt more at home than I do in this lifestyle, regardless of who I'm currently partnered with or if I'm partnered or who my friends are. I think I will always belong to this lifestyle as an individual, what, regardless of my, my, my situation. Um, and so I think that's, that's like a really comforting feeling. So yeah, so to kind of top that all off, I've always been this way. I always wanted sex. I always wanted it everywhere, in movies, in my relationships, in, you know, I want to have sex out in, in the car. I'd want to have sex in the park, but like not with children, obviously, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like in the woods, like I've always wanted to just, you know, have, I've always had excitement burning in my body about sex. The fact that I wrote papers about it in university is, is not surprising. The fact that I took many classes with the word sex in the title is not surprising. It was just all I could think about. And it's still all I can think about. And that's why I have fucking multiple podcasts and like YouTube channels and all of that where I am just so fucking open about it because guess what? I'm not the only one that's this open about sex. But like you wouldn't know it because people don't just up in vanilla world just talk about it like that because they, they'll get shamed or like they'll get like you know, like, you know, the little flinchy look on people's faces or whatever. It's funny. I saw a comment today on a Narcity Canada post about Oasis Off Lounge. And it was, oh, there's many good comments, but then there was this guy who wrote about how sexual immorality is like terrible and like you should come to the church or whatever. And I, I actually don't normally taunt people, but like I did. I don't understand how you're trying to sell that shit other people anymore. But anyways, all I gotta say is the same people who told us, you know, Santa Claus was real or, or your dick would fall off when you masturbate or that Prince Charming was going to come on a horse one day and pick you up and like totally take care of the rest of the world, you know, for you. Um, it was all a big bag of, of cultural conditioning. So if you want to pick from that list and keep some and whatever, that's up to you, but it all came from the same source of cultural conditioning. So, um, do with that what you will. I just don't think I would join a community of people that shamed people into not touching their dick. I think that's pretty fucking pathetic and sick. Uh, and that's my, uh, opinion about that. So I don't go into talks that are really controversial on this channel, even though I have opinions just like everyone else. But, uh, and I also don't care so much to debate it. It's not like it's like important to me. What's important to me is the content of my channel and my podcast and sexual, you know, liberation and freedom and living your best fucking life. So 
that's that. And uh, I look forward to, to keep talking with you and, and keep sharing with you. And I do have to ask because I've got to ask if you have not already rated this podcast five stars on both, at least both Spotify and Apple, I would really appreciate it if you would. Uh, there are links. You can just search the name Sex and Swinging with Tron Unicorn. I'm, I'm on both. You can give that five star, write a nice comment so that others know whether or not to give my podcast a chance. And then maybe you'll be doing your part to get the word out and let other people know with even just your stamp of approval. Yeah, this is worth your time. So if you could really just support my podcast by doing that, I would really appreciate it.